Uh, take your Bible. Romans chapter 6 is where we're going to be this morning. And uh, we're going to get, get through the uh, scriptures here. I'm glad you're here. Uh, this morning is part two of a lesson uh, of a mini-series within Romans. Uh, three essential steps to victory over the flesh. Romans chapter 6 really does give us the battle plan to live victoriously in Christ. Uh, this is the, the section of Romans that becomes so applicable. Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8 are really the, the practical application of the book of Romans. And so uh, we, we prefaced this series last week by saying we're going to study three things out of chapter 6. Number one, there's some things that we need to know. And we talked about those last week. There's some things that we need to know in order so that we can reckon those things or apply those things to our life. And, and knowledge really is power. We need to know our position in Christ. Verses 1 to 2, as, as we look into Romans chapter 6, Paul writes and he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? God gives us our position in Christ that we are dead to sin and we are alive in Christ. You need to know that. If you're ever going to live victoriously in your Christian walk, you have to know what your position in Christ is. Secondly, last week we learned who we were baptized into. And verses 3 to 4 in Romans 6 reads, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. And we looked at that baptism and we, we just concluded that there's more than one baptism in the Bible. Don't read that passage and put water in front of that word baptism because not every baptism is a baptism of water. We looked at Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. John's baptism for Israel was a baptism of water under repentance. But then he said, Jesus is going to come. He's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. And he's also going to baptize with fire. That was three of the seven baptisms that are mentioned in the Bible. Look, the Bible teaches us that when we put our faith in Christ, we are immersed into Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And it's the spiritual baptism of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that puts us into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 tells us that by one spirit we are baptized into, we're put into the body of Christ. And so listen, we have to know that we're dead, in our, dead to sin in Christ. We have to know that we're immersed into Christ's body through our spiritual baptism when we got saved. And then thirdly, we have to know where our old man is. And verses 5 to 7 tell us, if we have been planted in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, here's what you need to know, that our old man is crucified with him. And, and it says that our old man is crucified. That's present tense. In other words, our old man, our old nature is currently crucified with Christ so that the body of sin might be destroyed. And, and our problem is that our flesh wants to get off of that cross and wants to come back alive and wants to get out of the grave. And, and, and literally that is the struggle. Listen, the, last week's message was really the preface for this week's message. Because those things that we learned last week now, we have to reckon, we have to count, we have to number in our life. Okay, so, so if you know those things from last week, that's, that's good. But now you've got to do something with that knowledge. 
If you don't know those things, or maybe you missed last week, get online and listen to that message, because without last week's message, today's not going to make a lot of sense. You have to know some things first so that you can reckon the things that you know. So let's pick it up in verse 8. We're going to get going. Today we're going to talk about what we need to reckon in our life so that we can have victory over the flesh. And I want to read verses 8 to 12. We're going to pray. God's people are going to get our healing. And then uh, we've got a, a new member announcement at the end. We've got new members that are going to be announced uh, after we get done preaching today. And I'm really excited about that. Pick it up in verse 8. Romans 6 and verse 8. The Bible says, Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin. How many times, church? Once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. And then verse 11 really is the key to this whole passage. And if you write in your Bible, this is worth underlining. The next word in verse 11 is likewise. And what Paul is about to do is he's going to take Christ's death, burial, and resurrection... And he's going to say, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. All right, let's pray and then ask uh, God to to teach us this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you again uh, for the time of praise and worship. We thank you for the mission update. Uh, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our life. Uh, through this series. I pray this morning, God, give us victory. Uh, Give us the the tools uh, and the process out of Romans chapter 6 where we can truly live victorious as a child of God. Help us not to live defeated. Help help us to understand sin does not have dominion over us anymore, and help us to live in such a way that, that, that we exercise that daily and hourly. And Father, take these words, and Father, may your Holy Spirit just teach us as only it can We trust you. We love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of God that gives us understanding. And we thank you for this body of believers. We pray you bless it now. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So the the, the key question on the table or the key point is this, what we're going to reckon. So based on what we know from last week, we have to learn to reckon those principles in our life. What is that even talking about? Okay. So here's the first point for study. And I want to get going because I got to I got a bad feeling I'm not going to get done. Uh, that's bad when you already look at the clock and you realize, uh, look, at, look at point number one in your notes. Here's, here's the first thing you need to understand this morning, the first point. The reality of Christ's death and Christ's resurrection is what we must reckon in our own lives. The reality of Christ's death and Christ's rec- resurrection is what we must reckon in our own lives. Now go back to verse 8, read it again with me. The Bible says, now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. And, and, and so listen, so, so Paul begins this section in verse 8 saying, now... Now, if we be dead with Christ, and the reality is, you learned last week, we are, right? We, we are presently dead with Christ and yet alive through Christ. Death is the only freedom from sin. And so the truth is, a believer can never stop sinning until he completely dies. Dead people don't sin, right? Dead people don't sin. 
And so since that's true, a believer in Christ, you and I, we can never stop sinning until we learn to die to ourself. In other words, the doctrinal truth of what we learned last week about our death to sin must be pulled forward and become practical today. You have to apply what you learned last week very practically today. Your position has to become practice so that you can get victory. And the way Paul illustrates this for us is the example of Jesus Christ. And so let's look at it, the example of Christ. The first thing that we learn out of this passage about Christ is this. Christ died unto sin once, and then he was raised. He died unto sin once, and then he was raised. And there's a multitude of scriptures that support this. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28. The Bible says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sin of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He was once offered to bear the sins of many. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10, by the which, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He died on that cross unto sin for sin one time. That's it, one time. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. The Bible says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. And by the way, the just is Christ. And the unjust was us, right? That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And so the first thing that we have to learn from Christ's example is that he died unto sin, and he did that how many times? This is going to be really important when we get to the word, to the verse that deals with the word likewise. Christ died unto sin one time, and then he was made alive. And he lived his life unto God from that point forward. Secondly, the Bible teaches us that Christ dieth no more. Romans chapter 6 and verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. Now, how many times did he die unto sin? One times. Does he die any more after that? Absolutely not. He dieth no more. And by the way, death does not have dominion over him any longer. Number three, Christ liveth unto God. He liveth unto God. And verse 10 tells us, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. In other words, Jesus Christ's resurrection, the life after death, his life was lived unto God. It wasn't lived unto himself for his selfish pleasure and will and all those different things. It was lived unto God for God's will and for God's pleasure and for God's purposes. You already see where this message is going. Christ is the example for us. And so listen, the reality of Christ's death and resurrection must be reckoned in our life because he is the example. He, he is what we learn from. He, listen, if you don't reckon his death, burial, and resurrection in your life, first of all, you're not saved. You have to reckon it. You have to count it. You have to apply it. You have to number it into your life. You have to know it, but then you have to believe in it by faith, and that is the very thing that saves you. But then secondly, as a believer in Christ, you have to remember because this is what gives you the key to victory over your flesh. This is the key to the victory over your flesh. 
He died unto sin once and was raised. He doesn't die anymore. He liveth unto God. Well, then we skip to verse 11, and there's the word. Likewise. And verse 11 says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so, so here's the second point so that we can reckon what we need to reckon into our life. The reality of our death and our resurrection is what we must reckon in our own life. I'll say it again. The reality of our death and our resurrection is what we must reckon in our own lives. Now, I keep using the word reckon. I told you last week I'm from South Alabama. We use that regularly in our conversation. Not accurately, by the way. <laughs> Let me, before we get into this point, because you need to understand what that word reckon means before you can reckon what you need to reckon. So I reckon I'll communicate what it means. <laughs> the word reckon in the Bible is a word re- that refers to fact more than opinion. Uh, so so uh, when I was young, and I, rem- I remember this clear as a bell, when I lived at home, uh, my mom and dad took me to the bank, and they opened me up a, a banking account and a checking account. And so, you know, I had a little part-time job, and so m- my mom really is good with math and numbers and budgeting, and so, uh, you know, opened up a checking account, got a checkbook, for you young people, that's a piece of paper that you write on. <laughs> and, and then when you write on it, you put a dollar amount, you give it to somebody, and then usually they'll give you something back, like goods or services. Or what. Okay, so, so, so I got this account, and I got my checkbook, and my mom was a stickler. Like every month, our, our bank statements, you know, would come in the mail. And it was like homework for me. Like, mom, sorry, my mom's in here, but i, I got to tell this story. Like, like, she was like, you need to take that, that checkbook and then you need to compare it to your bank statement and you need to find out how much money is really in your account. Now, now there is a word that we use called reconciling your checkbook, okay? And I want you to understand that reconciling in the Bible and reconciling your checkbook aren't necessarily the same words. But what is the same word from the Bible is the word reckon. You take what is on that statement, you take what you have in that checkbook and you compare the two, and what it says you have is what you have. And, and it would have been really nice to, to just have the opinion that, man, my bank account, I have thousands of dollars in my bank account. I can write checks all day long. I can, I can spend money left and right. No, 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 no. When you, when you actually reckon something, you count it as fact. You, looked at, you look at the truth of the matter not your feelings, not your emotion, and not your opinion of the matter. If you have $25 in your account, that's all you have. Does that make sense? And, and that was a good day if I had $25 in my account. So, so listen, the word reckon, the biblical understanding of reckoning really is, and I'm going to give you a few examples of where this word is translated differently, but it's the same word in the Bible Number one, look, when we reckon something, it's what we reason based on truth. And the verse that we'll look at is Mark chapter 11 and verse 31. It's what we reason based on truth. 
And so these Pharisees were, were having this issue, you know, is Jesus really Jesus? And, you know, they're, they're trying to find reasons not to believe him. And, and Jesus asked them a question, you know, uh, John's baptism, is it of, of God or man? Jesus asked that question to these Pharisees. And the Bible says in verse 31, they reasoned with themselves. They reckoned, saying, if we shall say from heaven, if John's baptism is from heaven... He will, Jesus will say, well, why don't you believe him? And the very next verse says, if, if we say he's a man, then everybody will kill us because everybody knows John's a prophet. The point is that those Pharisees, they reasoned with themselves. And, and when we reckon something, we reason not based on feeling or emotion. We base it on truth. Well, secondly, the way we reckon something is what we think on based on truth. And Philippians chapter 4, many of you know this verse Wonderful passage of scripture. Philippians 4 and verse 8, Paul writes and he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Stop right there. He doesn't, he doesn't say whatsoever things make you feel good or, or, or your opinion on the matter. He says, no, whatever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Reckon these things. Account these things. Number these things. Because they're real. Thirdly, you know, the way we reckon is how we account. And I, and I, I split the word up, I think, on purpose. I think I did. I know how to spell English, uh, the word account. I, I did this on just the point for emphasis. It's how we count or account something in our life based on truth. What you reckon is how you account or count something into your life based on truth. And so in Mark 15 and verse 28, the Bible says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, And he, speaking of Christ, was numbered with the transgressors. He was reckoned. He was accounted as a transgressor. Do you, do you see how the word is used? And if that throws you for a loop, Luke 22 gives you the other translation of that word, verse 37. For I say unto you that this is that, that which is written, which must, yes, much, must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned, he was numbered among the transgressors for the thing concerning me have an end. The things concerning me have an end. And so... And so we're getting a little bit of understanding of what it means to reckon something. It means that we account something into our life. It means that we reason based on truth. It means that we think on these true things that we learned last week concerning who we are in Christ. Does, does that help you? Does, is, that making, is that making sense? If you don't know what we talked about last week, you can't reckon it into your life. If you know what we talked about last week, but you don't number it, think on it, reason through it, and account it into your life, you will never have victory over your flesh. Never. You won't. You have to account it into your life. And then fourthly, when we reckon something, it's the conclusion that we come to based on truth. It's the conclusion that we come to based on truth. And so if you look at Romans 3 and verse 28, Paul writes and he says, Therefore we conclude, 
We reckon that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. When you reckon something, you think through it, you account it, you number it into your life, it brings you to a conclusion. Does that make sense? If you know some things, but it doesn't bring you to a conclusion, a clear conclusion, you haven't accounted it into your life. And that's why a lot of people are saved, but carnal. And that's why a lot of people are saved and losing the battle of, of living victoriously because their flesh is defeating them. Because they haven't reckoned these principles into their life. And so the Bible tells us there's two reckonings that we have to have in our life. Two reckonings for the believer. Number one, we must reckon ourselves, listen, to be dead indeed unto sin. We must reckon ourselves to be dead indeed. So in other words, if you have just learned what it means to reckon, to account, to to conclude, to reason, to think on, to take all the evidence from God's Word and examine what it says about you, you must now take all of that knowledge and reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. It has to be a reality in your life. You have to reckon yourselves. Listen, I can't do it for you. And, I, and you can't do it for me. You have to reckon yourselves dead indeed unto sin. In other words, you have to come to the realization that your relationship to sin is exactly the same as Jesus' relationship to sin. He died unto it once. It's been defeated. It has no more dominion. Now, if it's having dominion in your life, it's because you haven't reckoned some things properly. It's not because your position in Christ has changed. It's because you haven't, you haven't applied what God said about you personally in your life. And listen, that's the first reckoning that, that has to come to, to be. We have to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. We have to have the understanding that we have the same relationship to sin that Jesus Christ has. Secondly, we must reckon ourselves alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, well, that's interesting. Jesus didn't stay dead, obviously, he resurrected. And his life was lived out unto God. So the second reckoning that every Christian has to come to is is this reckoning of we are now reckoned alive in Christ and our life is to be lived out unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. If you miss that, well, you're going to have a really miserable Christianity existence. It's going to be miserable. And it's not going to be Sunday morning church. You come sit in church all day long. You can fill out your notes. You can sit through discipleship. You can sing some songs, all those different things. That's fine, fantastic. Those are wonderful things. But if there's not a reckoning of these things in your life, don't ever expect victory. Don't ever expect it. And don't get mad at God, and don't get mad at the church, and don't get mad at the preacher when it just ain't shaking out in your life. Because the process is not being followed. Know some things, reckon some things, and if you'll come back in two weeks, we'll talk about yielding some things. That is the key. I mean, that is the key to victory. Christ is the example And listen, his life was a resurrected life lived out unto God for God's glory. 
Why in the world do you not think God wants that for you too, Christian? And so listen, let me just wrap this point up and then we'll, we'll move on. Christ died unto sin once, and then he was raised. Likewise, you and I were baptized, we were immersed into Christ's death for our sin, and then we were raised alive into Jesus Christ. And by the way, that happens once. That happens once. The Bible tells us that Christ dieth no more unto sin. Likewise, you dieth no more unto sin because you're already dead in sin and unto sin. You're dead in Christ unto sin. Christ now liveth unto God. And so listen, you dieth no more unto sin. Your sin's been dealt with on the cross of Calvary. Now, if you continue to live like an idiot and live like a sinner and live like you're not, like the person that you are not in Christ, well, sin certainly can still have consequences in your life presently, absolutely. It's pleasurable for a season, and you keep living like that, you'll reap the consequences in this life. But your sin was paid for on the cross of Calvary. And I'm not, I'm not you know, Baptists have a really bad reputation of, you know, uh, boy, now that I'm saved and have eternal security, I can just live like the devil. Uh, not if you read Romans chapter 6, you can't. Not if you look at Christ's life as an example. He died once. He dieth no more. He liveth unto God. That's the example. That's the example for every one of us. And by the way, that's the last point. Listen, Christ liveth unto God. Likewise, our life in Christ should be lived out unto God, not unto ourselves. I know that's a shocker in the 21st century. But that is the example that Christ gave us. And you wonder why you struggle. And, and man, Cody did an awesome job in Sunday school. We wonder why our prayers aren't being answered. We're wondering why we can't get one foot ahead and, and why all these things happen in our life. Because we've, we've changed from living unto God to, to living back to ourselves. You were living for yourself when you were on the way to hell. Why would you ever want to live for that old man again? I mean, where he was taking you was a place called hell for an eternity. You know, Paul wrote this in Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. He says this, For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I'm dead to the law, that I might live unto God. God set me free from the law and the sin that is associated with it and the bondage associated with it, so that I can live unto God. And then he says this famous verse, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live for my selfish purposes and my selfish reasons and what I want to do with this life. No, that's not what he said. This life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, if we move away from the example of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection and life lived unto God, you will think that God saved you for your sake and for yourself, and for your purposes. And friend, that's not the case at all. It's not the case at all. And you will never live victoriously in Jesus Christ. So, so okay, wow, that's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot. We have to reckon Christ's death, burial, and resurrection as a reality in our life. We have to reckon our death, burial, and resurrection as a reality in our life. 
We have to really come to the place where we account and conclude and reason and think on the fact that I'm dead to sin, dead unto sin, and I'm alive in Christ. And I'm only alive in Christ to please Him. He is my life. I think Laodicea needs a lot more of this kind of preaching. Okay, so verse 12. Let me read verse 12. So Paul, Paul gives us this reckoning that we have to deal with. And then he says in verse 12, Let not therefore, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Let not sin therefore. And the therefore is there because he just, he just gave you the answer. You've got to know some things and reckon some things. Therefore, let not sin reign in your mortal body. And don't obey the lust of it thereof. So the point is this, whatever we reckon, whatever we account, whatever we number, whatever we think on truly in our life, whatever we reckon will ultimately be what reigns in our life. You see how that works? So whatever is currently reigning in my life, either the crucified life or sin having dominion, which it doesn't have dominion positionally, but if I'm, if I'm letting it have dominion, then I'm letting it reign. And if Christ is reigning in my life, listen, there is no room for sin. There's no room for carnality. There's no room for the flesh. I am crucified in Christ, but I'm alive in Him. It's the crucified life. And whatever is reigning in your life today is reigning because of what you reckoned, what you accounted, what you thought on, what you concluded, what the Bible really says about you, or what it doesn't say about you. You see, this is why most Christians don't have victory in their life. Because they don't follow this process. You know, there are some Christians that don't know the things that we talked about last week. They need to know those things. But perchance they do know them, well, you also have to reckon them. You know, Christians in the 21st century struggle with this because they don't reckon these principles into their life. They don't reason these things as a reality in their life. They don't think on this reality in their life. They don't account or number this reality in their life. And sadly, many of them come to the wrong conclusion that they can't live the Christian life. Friend, you can't live it. And the sooner you get back on that cross and let Jesus live through you, the better for everybody, yourself included. Based on what you reckon, well, that's going to determine what reigns in your life. And I want to, I want to I want to just kind of look, skip down to verse 14. I just want to make a few comments here. Verse 12 and then verse 14. Let not sin, therefore reign in your body. So, so the phrase let not, it's a choice. Let not. Let not therefore sin, therefore reign in your mortal body. Let not. You don't have to let sin have dominion any longer in your life. Positionally, it does not. Romans 6 and verse 14 says this, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under what? Under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Listen, that is a promise from God's word as well as an admonition for us. The admonition is this. Because sin doesn't have dominion over you positionally, 
You don't have to let sin win. And that goes in your blank. You don't have to let sin win. You don't have to let sin have dominion. It is a choice based on what you reckon in your life. It's based on a choice. And it's based on what you've reckoned, what you've accounted, what you've reasoned as true in your life. I know that comes as a shocker, but you really don't have to obey the lust of your flesh. Hello? You don't, you don't have to obey that. And the sooner you position yourself on that cross of Jesus, the Galatians 2.20 life, the crucified life, the who you are in Christ, the sooner that you reckon that as a reality in your life, well, the sooner you're going to get victory over your flesh. You don't have to obey the lust. Listen, I know we all have flesh that lusts. I understand that. You don't have to obey it. You don't have to obey it. Because, Because of what Christ did, and because of who you are in Christ. Sin shall not have dominion over you. It's already defeated. So let it be defeated. Just let it be defeated. So the admonition is, we don't have to let sin win. We don't have to let it win. It's a choice based on what we reckon. And then secondly, it's a promise. Sin no longer has dominion. Because sin can't possibly dominate a dead man. (laughs) Hello? He can't dominate a dead woman. He can't dominate a dead person. If you are dead in Christ unto sin, and you are, if you will reckon yourself as such, sin can't have dominion over you. It can't. You don't have to obey the lust of your mortal body. And by the way, you have a mortal body, but but you are an immortal... uh, soul and spirit within that mortal body and that immoral that excuse me that mortal body is going to get changed one day right you ever read about the rapture of the church first corinthians chapter 15 the bible says that this corruptible body this mortal body is going to put on incorruption and this mortal body is going to going to put on immortality so when the corruptible shall have put on incorruptible and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Man, listen, you know, Miss Josie's in here. We, we had the funeral service for her daughter uh, this week, uh, Miss Sue Ann Llewellyn, and a uh, wonderful testimony of friends and family of, of her testimony and her love for the Lord and just how wonderful of a, uh, an aunt she was and just family member was awesome. It was really, uh, it was a time of rejoicing. It really, really was. Can I just tell you, in Sue Ann's life, sin doesn't have dominion. It doesn't have dominion. She's absent from this mortal body. She's with the Lord. And until we get there, literally, we are there positionally in Christ. But we have to reckon that truth as a reality every single day. And the truth is, multiple times a day. How about that? I don't know about you, man. I last about an hour. I last about 15 minutes. Some of you would say, Jay, you don't even last an hour. Okay, so just, just love me and say, hey, man, you need to reckon some stuff, and I'll, I'll know what you mean. I need to get back on that cross and let this old man be dead because that's who he is in Christ, all right? Listen, you have to come back in two weeks. Now, Kale's going to be with us next week, but you have to come back in two weeks to get the final piece of this, all right? You have to come back. So, so uh, I already took a visual snapshot of everybody that's here. If you're not here in two weeks... 
uh, I'll know it and send you a nasty gram. I'm just kidding. Let's pray together. Let's pray, and then we have one more, one more announcement or one more thing we'll do. Father, we love you.